we got to come alive tonight. Amen? Amen. If you'd bow your head with me here tonight, the Bible declares in Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, and do not be conformed, the Bible says, to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Our Heavenly Father, once again, God, we love you. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege and the honor that we have to be in your house tonight. God, it is so awesome to be with our brothers and sisters in Christ, to come together, God, to worship you, Lord, with all of our hearts tonight. God, to just break the, the bread of your word tonight, God, that it would be nourishment to our bodies. God, that it would be just a, a, a breath of fresh air, God, to our souls tonight, Lord. God, that it would just encourage us, God, to continue to, to get up and to walk forward every day, knowing, God, that you have already overcome this world. And because you've overcome the world, we've overcome the world. We don't have to be conformed, God. We, we're transformed by the power of your blood, the power of your love. Oh, God, we thank you for that tonight. And, Lord, I just ask, God, that you would just continue to bless us, continue, Lord, to just, just shower us with your grace, continue, Lord, to just bathe us tonight, God, in your Holy Spirit, Lord, and may, God, your word not return to your void. But, God, again, that it would be a blessing to each one of us in all the things that we're going to face tomorrow, Friday, Saturday, until we meet again, God. So, Father, again, we just praise you. Thank you so much for all that you're doing, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. And all God's children once again said, Amen. 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 Give me a hand clap of praise. You can be seated. We'll dismiss all of our young folks as they go back tonight and their teachers. Good to have you with us. Amen. If you have, you have your Bible, want to go with us to the book of Scary. Amen. Look at your neighbor say, the book of Scary. Revelation. Amen. Jump on over there to the book of Revelation, chapter 3 with us, if you will. We're going to be looking at the church of Laodicea. Amen. The church of Laodicea, better known as the lukewarm church. Amen. Amen. This is the lukewarm church. The message that God gave to me tonight is simply conformed faith. Amen. Con con conformed faith. I love what Paul writes to the church at Rome here. More importantly, that God is writing to the church worldwide as he had Paul pen this. He said, be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, he said. Be not conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen? Amen? Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed. Amen. Amen. The word conform simply means to agree, to settle, to attach, or to make oneself, what? Pliable. In essence, to be lukewarm. Amen? Paul was admonishing the church here at Rome not to conform to the things of this world. You might want to bring that down just a little bit, Brother Danny. Not to conform to the things of this world, but be transformed. When you conform to something, you're just agreeing with it, right? Or you're, you're making yourself pliable so that it sticks, right? So that you stick with it or it sticks with you, right? 
It's easy to do that. It's easy to just conform with things rather than be transformed. Because transform means that you have to start all over again, right? You have to be remade all over again. To conform to something, you don't have to do anything except accept it, right? That's all you have to do. Transformation means there has to be a change. Is that right? A change. So Paul was telling the church here at Rome, look, you got to be changed. you got to be willing to allow God to take your life and change it completely. Amen? Not just be conformed, but transformed. And we know the Bible tells us, as we said just the other day, that the old man has to be done away with and the new man raised again. Is that right? So it shows us that there is a transformation that takes place. We still look like the same person, but we're not the same person. Amen, somebody. Amen? Inside our spirit, we have been changed. Is that right? There's a difference. Have you ever been around somebody that you know 100% was truly changed, truly saved? Their walk changed once they gave their heart to God. That is not something you see a lot of in the world that we live today, right? When people say that they have gotten saved or that they have given their hearts to Christ, but yet you don't see a change, you might want to question who they were talking to, amen? Because if Christ truly is in us, there is a change, right? To be transformed means you're no longer walking the way you were walking, you're now walking a total different direction, right? Conformity means I look like I've been changed, but I'm still doing the same thing I used to do, amen? Or I'm doing other things, so right, I am just complying with the world, complying with sin, right? And so what Jesus was saying here in the book of Revelation to the seven churches, five of these churches, he talked to them about the fact that they needed to improve upon their walk with him. Two of the churches he lifted up, right? And he said they were doing good things, and he encouraged them to continue in those good things. But you'll see in these seven churches, especially this one here at Laodicea, it appears here that Jesus was truly concerned about the conformity that was taking place in Laodicea. Amen? This lukewarmness. So that's what we want to talk about tonight, if you give me just a few minutes of your time. So again, conform means to agree to or to settle with or to attach or to make oneself pliable, right? To become lukewarm. In Revelation chapter 3, we're going to read verses 14 through 20 tonight. If you have your Bible and want to do that with us, it's probably it's not going to be on the board. I'm just going to read it to you tonight. Revelation chapter 3, verse 14 through 20. This is what Jesus says to the church at Laodicea. If you look up lukewarm in the Bible, if you, I mean not in the Bible, just look it up in, in Google or look up just synonyms to, Leo, to uh, lukewarmness, you will see the word Laodicea. It is there. Amen. It tells you to go see Laodicea. So this church truly was by name known as the conforming church or the lukewarm church. Jesus said this to him, And unto the angel, angel here meaning messenger, the preacher. Okay, so when you study this word out, it's not an angelic being. This is the preacher, the pastor, the leader of the church here at Laodicea. Unto the angel, the messenger of the church of Laodicea, write... This is, he's talking to John to pen this. These things saith the amen. Now the amen here, we know who the amen is. Who is the amen? Right? God is the amen. He said he was the first and the last. Right? He is the amen. 
He has the final say. He is the authority. Amen means that it's so be it, right? It is done. It means there is authority, right? So when he wrote this, he said, I want you to understand this is God writing this to you, the final say, the person that has the final say, right? Uh, where the rubber hits the pavement, if you will. The faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, he said, that thou art neither cold nor hot. He goes on to say, I would that thou wert cold or hot. I would rather you be either cold or hot. Amen. A lot of times people say, just be hot. You don't need to be cold. That ain't what he said here. He said, I wish that you were either cold or hot, but not lukewarm. And we're going to talk about why he said that, right? Because when it's extremely cold or if it's extremely hot, it causes us to be sensitized, right? It causes us to move. If you're extremely cold, you're going to do what? Shiver. And if you're shivering, you are what? Moving. Is that right? If you are extremely hot, you are moving in order to create some sense of breeze. Isn't that right? You're trying to cool yourself off. So again, you are moving, right? There is, it's extremes, extremely cold, extremely hot. But in the middle, it's not what he wants you and I to be. And we'll look at it here in a minute. But here in his word, he said, I wish that you were either cold or hot. In verse 16, so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, he said, I will spew thee out of my mouth because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, right? They were bragging on all the wonderful things that they had and have no need of anything and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You think that you're all that in a bag of chips, but you're not. Amen. That's exactly what God was saying to him. You think you're wealthy. You think you're rich. You think you have no need of anything. But in reality, he says that they were wretched. They were miserable and poor and blind and naked. He said, I counsel thee in verse 18 to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich in white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou may seest. Amen. He said, I, my wish is that you would seek me for, for this wonderful blessing, this wonderful prize, right, which we know is Christ Jesus. Amen. This salvation that you and I would be tried by fire, cleansed, right, and that we would be given these white raiment, that we would be clothed in his glory, right, and that our eyes would be that they would be cleared and that we would be able to see clearly instead of through a fog. In verse 19, as many as I love, God said, I rebuke and chasten. He said, be zealous therefore and repent. Zealous here means hurry up. Amen. When he says it here, he said, be zealous and repent. Be about it. Amen. Get moving. Get, get, do something, right? Don't just sit back and be lukewarm, but act with passion is what God is saying to the church at Laodicea. Take action now, right? And repent. Don't stay in this lukewarm state. Verse 20, finally here says, Behold, Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Amen? Jesus clearly here through his word, God here through his word, is clear, clearly saying to the church at Laodicea, there was a lot of wonderful things that they had been doing, 
but they had, they had become lukewarm and they had become uh, so conformed to this world that it became extremely dangerous for them. You've heard me make this statement many times. One of the most dangerous things a church can do, one of the most dangerous things a child of God can do is be comfortable in God. Amen? To just be lukewarm. That's what it means. When you're comfortable, then you're right at the perfect temperature. Is that right? Everybody wants to have the perfect temperature. This half the church says it's too hot. This half the church says it's too cold. And we're all just trying to find the right temperature. Is that right? And, but we're going to talk about why that's dangerous here in just a few minutes, okay? Why was, why was Christ so intent here on speaking to the church at Laodicea, in fact, in essence, all of us, that we shouldn't be lukewarm? After all, lukewarm, if you think about it, in our physical minds, I mean, that's not really that bad, is it? Right? Lukewarmness. Right? Extreme cold burns you. Extreme hot burns you. But at least lukewarmness, yeah, it's not going to really burn you, right? It may not be the best. At times, but it's not really going to do anything. Is that right? But that's exactly why he's worried about it, right? Because there ain't nothing happening. There's nothing happening. So let's look at it here today. Why is conformity, right, this lukewarmness so dangerous? First thing that God laid on my heart about the conformity or lukewarmness here that he's speaking to the church at Laodicea is it creates an unstable environment. Because it is unstable, then it becomes detrimental to those that are around it. When there is lukewarmness, it becomes unstable. I want you to think about this. If you had milk and you, this pasteurized milk that we have today, you put it in the refrigerator where it's extremely cold. If you take that milk and you set it out and you leave it out in room temperature for a few days, tell me what's going to happen to that milk. It's going to spoil, right? And if you drink that milk, what's going to happen to you? You're going to get extremely sick. You could get sick enough to do what? Die. Amen. You could. You certainly could. Lukewarmness, when we become lukewarm, it becomes, we become unstable. The Bible says it this way, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Is that right? We're not cold or we're not hot. We're unstable. We're, we're kind of in the middle. And God said that that's dangerous. So the reason why lukewarmness and conformity is so dangerous, it's very unstable. Stable. Churches around the world have begun to conform. We have begun to become lukewarm, right? That's what's happening. We're getting very comfortable in our worship. Come on now. We're getting very comfortable in the preaching of God's Word. We're getting extremely comfortable in hearing the Word of God. Amen? We're getting extremely comfortable in hearing it and not allowing it to settle in our hearts. Amen? We have the ability to have selective hearing. Amen. When, when the preacher or the teacher is preaching or teaching something that we're very passionate about, that we feel comfortable about, or that we're excited about, we're all in. But if it's something, right, that really begins to touch our hearts, we begin to shut that off a little bit, and we get ourselves in a state of com a comatose state, if you will. Amen? To where we feel very comfortable in the service, right, because we're not really listening to what's going on. We don't want to settle in our hearts. We get comfortable with God, right? Or we hear the Word of God so much that we become callous to it. We don't let it, we don't let it settle in our hearts. We don't let it talk to us. We begin to try to bend it to make it match our lives. In essence, we're trying to get ourselves to feel what? Comfortable in our own skin, flesh. Is that right? 
So when he was telling the church at Laodicea here, and again to all of us today, it's dangerous to become lukewarm. It's dangerous to be conformable because we become unstable, very unstable. Here's when you're going to know it. As long as church happens like church, you won't really see anything. But you let something happen in a church service. Let's just say, let's just say somebody walks in here who is demon-possessed, truly demon-possessed. Lukewarmness is going to show up. Amen? Because lukewarmness has no effect on Satan. Amen? That's exactly where he wants you to be. I want to remind you about some guys that were trying to cast out demons and they were the seven sons of Sceva. They had saw the apostles laying hands on people who were possessed. These men were not lukewarm. These men were extremely passionate and on fire for God. Amen? They had a relationship with God. They were on the extreme fiery side. Amen? And so they had passion about what they were doing. When they walked up to somebody that was demon-possessed, they walked up to them with the intent to speak God's word and cast that demon out according to the book of James. Amen? Amen. That if we would, that if, that, that if, if we would um, present ourselves to God first, then we could say to the enemy to get behind us. We have authority over Satan. So they saw these apostles doing this in the name of Jesus, and they thought, well, that'd be nice. We'll do the same thing. Right? So the first thing is you say, well, at least they had enough courage to do something to help somebody. No, no, no. They wanted a little bit of attention, right? So they thought that was good. They saw the attention the apostles got. Now, this was a lukewarm group of folks. So they were kind of in with Jesus, but out with Jesus. Amen? They wanted to be seen around Jesus, but not in Jesus. Amen? They wanted to be part of the group, but at a distance. Amen? There's a lot of folks that want to be a part of, right, Jesus, a part of his church, but they don't really want to be all in to the church. Is that right? They want to be all in. These old boys went up to this demon-possessed person and tried to cast this demon out, and they were lukewarm. The Bible says, and I love it, you've heard me preach this before and say this, I've used the scripture many times, that these men went away naked and afraid. In essence, the enemy beat them to a pulp. I mean, he embarrassed them. This demon just went off on them. I mean, tore that head up, preacher. Right? They went, they went away naked and afraid. He beat the clothes off of them. Amen? You see what I'm saying? If you're lukewarm, if you are, con, if you are conforming to this world, there's no way that you can, we can't carry out the work of the Lord. The church, the church is, there's a form of godliness that's happening in the church, church meaning the people, and a collective church too. You've seen it here in Laodicea. It looks like the church. It smells like the church. It walks like the church, right? You walk in, it looks like a church. This looks like a church, don't it? It looks like a church building, right? You got, a, you got an altar here. You got a worship team up here. You got all the things you need to have a church. You got a pulpit right here. You got, you got a congregation. You got chairs. Outside it looks like a church, except we don't have a cross out there, right? For those of you that's first time coming, let me explain to you why we don't have a cross out there. It has nothing to do with the message, but I think you need to know. Somebody asked me the first time we came, we built a building, and looked at me and said, Pastor, everything's wonderful. Why ain't you got a cross up there? We need a cross. I said, son, if we do our job, 
you ain't got to have a cross in the church. They'll see the cross in you. Amen? Amen? You with me? Clap if you want to. That's the truth. That's what God laid on my heart. Right? We're not just supposed to be here. We're supposed to be out there. Lukewarm church stays here. Right? But a church that's on fire for God, we're outside the walls. Outside the walls. But there's a lot of folks, right? It just looks like a church. But when you get in it, it lacks the fire. It lacks the passion. It lacks the love. It lacks what Jesus is. So the reason he was warning the church at Laodicea and he's warning us today not to be lukewarm is it becomes unstable. And if we allow ourselves to be unstable long enough, we will be spoiled. Amen? Amen. Come on now. The church of today is spoiled. Amen? We are spoiled. We're living on the prayers of yesterday's saints. We're living on the healing power of yesterday's saints. We're living on past experiences of yesterday's saints. So we're just spoiling away. Amen? And so he tells them here, with zealous, he says, with zealous, therefore, repent. Turn back, right? Don't be conformed, but let God transform us. Amen? So that we're not, we don't have this conformed faith, we have transformed faith. Amen? Secondly, conformity or lukewarmness welcomes what? Compromise. Amen? Conformity or lukewarmness welcomes compromise. So if we are, if we are lukewarm, there's an unstable environment already, and an unstable environment would have us to just conform to things rather than stand up for God. Amen? Amen. When situations arise, when the heat comes on, and when things are going on, it's easier sometimes just to, if you can't beat them. Is that right? That is an awful, awful statement when it comes to Christianity. Amen? God never intended for you and I to conform to anything. He never, he never intended for you and I to just join something rather than to fight against it and to beat it. Amen? He proves that to us in the book of Ephesians when he tells us to put on the whole armor of God, Pastor. He does not protect the backside of a child of God. There is nothing that he tells us that we need to put on to protect our backside. Why? Because there's no plan B. He never intends for the church to turn its back and run. He never intended for us to just say, well, we can't beat you. We're going to fight as long as we can. But if it gets a little too tough, we're just going to turn our backs and go back to our little old building, and that's where you'll find us. Amen? That's not God's plan. God's plan for us was to face the enemy head on and defeat him in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? That is the goal. So he's telling the church at Laodicea here, don't be lukewarm, don't be, don't be conforming to this world because, again, it's, it's unstable and you'll find yourself just being willing to conform. Amen? To just give in. And after all, again, it is easy to give in once you've given in once. Is that right? Let me just prove that to you. So before God called me to preach, so God's got a sense of humor. Called me to preach because he knew I wouldn't pray the way I should. He knew I wouldn't read my Bible the way I should. And he knew I wouldn't be in the house of God like I'm supposed to be if he didn't call me to preach. That's what I always tell people. Because I was lazy. I'm still lazy. I'm still lazy. But I was really lazy then. And what I found was, Brother Clay, that 
If I laid out a church one time, it was easy to lay out the second time. And if I laid out the second time, it become very easy to lay out the third time. And before you know it, I'm just conforming. Amen? Amen. I, you know, I go up there. I just can't beat this thing that I'm wrestling with. I just can't beat this. I get that beat. Here comes another one. I get that beat. Here comes another I'm just tired of. I'm just tired of fighting. So what am I going to do? Conform. Is that right? Because it's easy. You ever heard anybody say, man, it was a whole lot easier to live when I wasn't saved than it is when I'm saved. You might have said that yourself, right? I've said that before. Man, when I first got saved, I thought, I thought hell went on red alert. Amen? And the goal was kill Mark. Y'all ever felt like that? I mean, it was almost like, and it seemed like the more I did for God, the worse my situations got. Right? When, I, when, I, when the pastor asked me to take on a new role in church and I did that, it seemed like everything just went south. I mean, I was like, man, if this is what saved, being saved is all about, I'm going to soon I'll be saved. But that's before I know what I know now. But that's what Satan would have you to think. See, we start thinking about, we start thinking about the battle that's in front of us rather than the one that's supposed to be fighting the battle. Amen? The battle don't belong to us. Amen? This is why we have no need to conform. Is that right? If we are transformed by Christ, then it makes sense that we let Christ do the fighting. Listen to me. That's why he said put on the whole armor of God. And when you've done all you know to do, what did he say? Stand. Why stand? Because you are clothed in Christ. And if Christ, if you're clothed in Christ, who's fighting the battle? He is. Amen. You with me? Jesus is fighting the battle. We're not fighting the battle. That's why when you put on Jesus, when the enemy looks at you, they don't see you. They see Jesus. <laughs> Amen. And guess what? The enemy's not going to fight against Jesus. He's not stupid. He's already been defeated by Christ. He knows what's coming. It's the opposite of what happened to the seven sons of Sceva. He walks away naked and afraid. We walk away clothed and proud in Christ. Amen? You with me? <laughs> That's why he's telling the church at Laodicea, he said, guys, wake up. Wake up and repent. And understand, you don't have to be lukewarm. If Christ be in us, guess what? When Jesus was walking right before he started his ministry, he finds himself coming by this river, the Jordan River. There's a man out there named John. We know him as John the Baptist. Jesus walks out in the water. He is baptized by John the Baptist. An angel, I mean a dove rather, comes down from heaven, sits upon Jesus, and then you hear the words, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. The dove here represents the Holy Ghost, the power of God. We also know that the Holy Ghost is represented in the Bible as what? Fire. In the book of Acts, it says that they were these cloven tongues that sat upon them as of fire. Is that right? He tells us here, that we need to be refined by what? Fire. So if Christ is in us, if we are clothed in Christ, then it makes sense that the fire or the power or the passion of God is in us. Amen? So if we have Christ in us, there's no lukewarmness in us. Amen? It's heat. It's passion. It is fervency. Which is why the Bible says that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, man meaning the creation of man, man and woman, 
does what? Availeth much. Lukewarmness does not avail. Fire, passion avails. Extreme cold does what to you, to your skin? What does extreme cold do to your skin? It burns it, does it not? Absolutely. We call it what? Frostbite. It burns the skin. Extreme cold burns. Extreme heat does what? I'm not even going to say nothing. Can you see? What did he say? I wish you were fire or hot fire. I wish that you would just burn rather than simmer. Come on now. Huh? Simmering doesn't get you anywhere. You got to be passionate about Christ. You and I have to be excited about him. Listen, those folks today that are in hell, I assure you that they understand what it means to be lukewarm. Amen? Because lukewarm's got them where they are. There's no passion or fire for Christ, or it wasn't when they were here. But I can assure you, they have a passion, right, to go back and get it right. They wish every single day that they could go back and get it right. Listen to me. There are folks in hell, I think I can say this with a surety, that have more passion than some people sitting in the house of God. Amen? Because they know what it means. Amen? To be lukewarm. They know what it means to not be passionate about Christ. It's what got them there. He's trying to tell them, don't be lukewarm. Lukewarm will lead you in the wrong direction. Right? We need to be passionate about Christ. Why be passionate about Christ? Because He saved us from a devil's hell. Amen? He saved us from torment. He saved us from these things. He gave His life for us. Somehow the church at Laodicea and somehow the church of today, we see it as some as some fairy tale or as some game. I can assure you that one day, if you're not passionate about Christ, you're going to wish that you were. Amen? If you're not sincere and on fire for God, you're going to wish that you were. Amen? If we're not praying the way we should pray, if we're not reading the way we should read, if we're not attending church the way we should attend church, if we're not doing all we know to do for God, we're going to wish that we were one day. Amen. The Bible clearly says to us that we should do what? Give 100%. Everything we got for the glory of God. Amen? Amen? Everything. Because He poured out everything. So why is He telling us? Why is it so dangerous to be conformed? Why is it so dangerous to be lukewarm? Because it welcomes compromise. And God has not compromised in His vocabulary. Amen? It's nowhere in there. He's not going to tell you to compromise with the world. He's not going to tell you to compromise with sin. He's not going to tell you to compromise with His Word. He's going to tell you to do it. Amen? To do it and to honor Him and to glorify Him and to praise Him. There's a reason why angels in heaven today sing praise unto God every second. Amen? There's a reason when you read in the book of Revelation, the cherubims and the seraphims, they're constantly worshiping God. There's a reason why these four beasts that you read about in the book of Revelation are constantly before the throne of God singing praise and glory and honor to Him. Amen? There's a reason. Because there's passion. Because they know who God is. If we truly knew who God was, do you think we would be lukewarm? Amen? 
I don't think so. If you've really had an experience with God, would we really be lukewarm? Well, preacher, you just don't understand, right? We, we go through difficult times. I'm a person, too. I go through difficult times. I go through times where I'm pouting. I go through times where, where I'm just questioning things. There's times I go through, but let me tell you something. I don't doubt God, amen? I, have, I just don't doubt God. I know God. I've experienced God. I've been saved by God. I've been healed by God. I've seen God do amazing things, amen? Amen. Amen. Somebody told me one time, said, why are you hollering so much? I don't even know I'm hollering sometimes. I think I'm just talking to you, but I'm telling you, I, you got to get excited about God. Amen? we got to start. The church has got to get excited about God again. Not a manufactured excitement, but listen to me. Think back on what God's done for you. If you were extremely sick at some point in your life and God healed you, get excited about God, right? If he gave you a job that you didn't have a job, get excited about God. we got to quit taking God for granted, amen, and start praising him and glorifying him and honoring him and get passionate about God, amen, amen. The church today, we're so worried about hurting somebody's feelings. We're so worried about everything's got to be calm. Everything's got to be peaceful. Everything's just got to be, now look, don't get out of line. Is that right? We done gone so far as to telling our kids in church. Now listen, this is a, if you didn't, this is a holiness background church. Amen. We love God, amen. I, I don't have a problem with you raising your hands. I don't have a problem with you shouting praise God. I don't have a problem with you running around the church. Just do it in Jesus, amen. I don't have a problem with any of those things. And we tell our kids when they're sitting in church, right, we're over there pinching them, we're smacking them, we're, we're threatening them, right? We're dragging them out and beating them out in the social hall I'm out there, or in the, in the foyer, right? You better not open your mouth in the house of God. Don't you say nothing here. And there's grown people standing up and making all kinds of noise. <laughs> How confused are our kids? Amen. They look at you like that's a grown man running around the church. You're telling me to sit still. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I used to think that my wife, my son, would get up, he'd just get up and Christy look at him like, I'm going to kill you, right? And he just sat back down, right? And Sister Barbara's just going around the church. And he's looking at her like, why aren't you getting her, Mama? <laughs> Amen? Our kids need to see us worshiping God. Amen? We've got to get excited about him, preacher. We're not passionate about God no more. It's almost like, yeah, you know, thank you for giving your life for me. I appreciate it, right? And, you know, thank you for doing this for me, right? Thank you for this. And we're real quick to forget you know, God will do something marvelous for us. He'll have somebody walk up to you, hand you two or $300 off the street out of nowhere, and you had a bill to pay, and they didn't even know it, and it just shows up, and we're excited for about 30 minutes. And then by the end of the day, we go home just as discouraged as we was when we started the day. We forgot about it, right? We forgot about what God's done for us. We need to get back to testifying of the greatness of God. Our worship needs to quit being lukewarm, Amen. I ain't talking about just this worship. Worship is any adoration for God at all. Amen? Whatever it is. When you get up in the morning, rather than just rolling over and going, oh, God, thank you for waking me up again. I think I was going to make it through tonight, right? Not that. I mean, get up and say, praise God, right? I'm alive today. I have an opportunity to walk on this earth and affect somebody's life for the glory of God. Amen? Praise Him for it. Amen? Praise Him for an opportunity to go to a job that you hate, right? I get it. I cross over that road on, on, on Indian Mound Road some mornings thinking, oh, God, right? 
I'm going in Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> but you know what God reminds me? But I put you here. Amen. <laughs> he, he's sending some of us. He's sending some of us to go over there, right? I get to thinking about old Jonah. Amen, don't y'all? Sometimes I just want to get back in the boat. I want to get back in the car and go somewhere else. But God said, this is where I sent you. Amen? And I want you to go speak to them people at Nineveh. <laughs> Nineveh must translate Odell. I got to look it up. Speak to them. Right? I do talk to them sometimes. I ain't so sure it's always Christian-like. But, but we got to be excited about what God's done for us. Amen? Be excited about it. Don't be lukewarm. Be zealous. Children of God should be zealous. Is that right? This is why people, this is why people don't go to church no more, right? They walk in and you see people just old, got old mule face. Isn't that right? I mean, just look like they just miserable in the house of God, right? And if you sit there long enough, you'll hear them complaining about, what? We're here to worship God, right? We ain't here to worship you. Is that right? Did you hear what I said? We're not here to worship any of y'all, and y'all aren't here to worship me. We're here to worship God. Amen. But you'll see some people in the house of God, my gosh, they'll walk over and say, place stinks every time I come in it, right? Or, or, you'll, or you'll, you know, they ain't never got the toilet paper changed out when I come in. I got tired of putting toilet paper on there. There's always somebody complaining about something in the house of God, right? Or they'll be complaining, as I said to you, about the sound. They'll be complaining to you about you know, the, the heat or the cold, and people are just, just disgruntled, right? They're disgruntled about that person. They're disgruntled about that person, right? They're over here talking about the sins of this guy and the sins of that girl, right? And they're just, and if you listen long enough, you just get falling right in line with it. Did you know that before I started preaching, that's why I always sat in the first two rows of the church? And I expect all y'all Sunday to be right here, right? <laughs> because if you were up here, you don't hear all that junk back there. And you're, not, and you're not distracted by all that stuff's going on back there. Amen? You with me? Huh? Come on now. All you got to worry about me spitting on you, but at least you ain't getting none of that other stuff. That's the only thing you got to worry about. This is the splash zone. If you sit in the first row right here, I ain't promising you nothing. Right? I've, <laughs> I have been preaching every four and seated. And thought, well, there's somebody sitting there. But that's why I didn't sit at the back of the church, right? Because that's where all the junk goes on. Folks go out into the foyer to talk about other folks. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen. That's a lukewarm church. Why is he saying it's so dangerous? Not only is it dangerous because we become unstable, not only is it dangerous because we, we, it, it, we, we welcome compromise, but this one here... I think it's one of the most important ones. We become, once, once we become conformed or lukewarm, it leads to complacency. Is that right? When you conform to things, when, when you and I get comfortable in those things, then it leads us to compromise, and then it leads into complacency. Once we become complacent, we become what? Lifeless. That's why I gave you the illustration. Cold, hot. At least there's life in those two things. Did you know that you shiver to save your life? That's your body's way of preserving your life. Did you know that? That's what I'm told. Nurses, is that right? Those of you nurses. That's what I'm told. That you begin to shake to create heat, which then preserves your life. Is that right? Heat is something that preserves life. Cold or hot. 
be on the extreme of that. But when we don't do that, then we just get complacent, which leads to lifelessness. And if there is no life, then there is no Christ. Amen? Amen. Is that right? Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus said, I'm life. So if we are complacent and we have conformed to the world and we are now compliant to the world and we are now unstable, then Jesus ain't in the house. Amen? Amen. He's not going to be where compromise is. Jesus is not going to be where conformity is. Jesus is going to be where there is passionate, zealous pursuit of Him. Amen? That's where He's going to be. So there has to be life in us. That life is Christ. So that's just what He's saying. When Jesus looks here at the church at Laodicea and He says, you're lukewarm, He's saying, I don't see life. Amen? Churches today at a very high rate are lifeless. Amen? Amen. I'm not going to call any names, but I've been in some churches before where everything looked right, it sounded right, the music was great. Man, I mean, it was exciting. The preacher was exciting. People were shouting, all those things. But I didn't feel the presence of God. I felt like I was at a Bon Jovi concert. Okay? Not because the music was loud, not because of the lights, not because of any of that stuff, right? Because we do that too. I felt like I was at a concert. I was excited. I was moved, but I didn't feel the presence of God. I can remember walking out of a church in Anderson, and I'm not talking about the church. I'm just giving you what I've experienced. I was asked to go to a church in Anderson, a very large church in Anderson, and I was there, and, and when I got through, the people were looking at me like, what you think, what you think, right? It was awesome, wasn't it? And I just walked out and said, it was good. I didn't lie to him, it was. But I walked away from there, empty. I walked away from there going, the whole time I was sitting in there, I was saying to the preacher, say the next line, amen? Say the next word, get to the next part, get to the next level, right? I just knew if he would get to that spot, man, that the presence of God was going to explode in that building. And every time, they'd reel it back in. They'd just reel it back in. And the music, it was just, it was, it was staged. It was just like one, two, three, one, stop, right? And everything was just choreographed. Everything, it was just church, amen? Again, this is Mark's take on it. I just didn't feel the presence of God there, and that's a dangerous thing, amen? And I don't want our church, and I don't want that church or any church to be in that lukewarmness. We need to have the presence of God. As I said to you, we need to be able to walk in this church, and we really need to get there. We need to walk in here and not know what's going to happen. Is that right? You just don't know what's going to happen. There's such an excitement for God that we just don't know. I've told you all before, there have been times in my life that I've gotten out of the car, and I was just so in tune with God, and I know some other people were, that you were just, you had church before you got to church. And when you went in the church building, some other folks had the same thing going on. And when you got in there, church was happening and we didn't have a choir. We didn't have a worship team. The preacher ain't said anything, but the Holy Ghost was preaching. Amen. Amen. He done showed up in the building. Amen. And stuff was happening because people came on fire for God. Right. You've heard me say, you know, a lukewarm church, the reason why it was called a lukewarm church was is they had to, they were doing their best. I can imagine this church was doing their best to get their people excited about Jesus. If I got to get up here and tell you how awesome Jesus is, then something's wrong, amen, if you're saved. Now, if you ain't saved, that's what we're here for. 
But if you're saved, you don't need me to tell you to get up and raise your hands. You don't need me to get up and tell you, hey, praise God for what he's done for you. You don't need me to tell you anything. If you're saved, you know what to do. Amen. Amen. Is that right? right? You shouldn't need that, right? We shouldn't need a worship team to lead us in worship. Brother Garfield, what do you say about that? You're not a, you're not a, you're not a part of the worship team. You are a what? Lead worshiper. Lead worshiper. Isn't that awesome? A lead worshiper, right? He, he's not actually leading worship. He's just worshiping, right? He's a lead worshiper. He's just worshiping first. That's what he's doing. He's not teaching us and leading us and cheerleading us to worship. He's worshiping God. We are, he is an audience of, or we are an audience of one. Is that right? To him, that's it. You see what I'm saying? The lukewarm church, man, it's almost like if Jesus was to walk in the building and he sat down up here, nobody even recognized him, right? Nobody would worship him. Nobody would praise him, right? We've seen that happen when uh, Jesus walked into the Pharisee's house. Is that right? He said, I've been here all day and you failed to worship me the first time. Is that right? Failed to wash my feet. Failed to kiss my cheek. Failed to offer me something to eat or drink. And right, that's worship. He said, I've been here all day. You failed to worship me. This lady right here. She's been worshiping me ever since I got here. Amen? Ever since I got here. See, this is what I think he saw in the church at Laodicea. I'm in your presence, but you guys ain't even recognizing me, right? It's just lukewarm. It has nothing. And Jesus said, I'll spew you out of my mouth, right? It's a lifeless church. I want to read this to you here. Uh, this is found in God's word here. And I might not be able to read that, but it, I don't think I... Yeah, I did 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. Smaller on my screen, sorry. This is what he said. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Amen? Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding, always moving, always pursuing, always going forward, always, right, always passionate in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain. Always, he said. It's what we should be doing, right? See, God's church should be a church that's in motion. It's a church that should be excitable. It's a church that should be, it should just, there should be, there should be excitement just oozing out of God's church. Amen? Out of the children of God. You with me? I tell you a real good way that you can see the heart of your church, to see the passion level of a church. The way you can really find that is to call a, a, an emergency prayer service on a Saturday morning at 9 a.m. See how many people show up. Amen? You will find real quick the heart of the church. Is that right? Because what happens is, what happens is, well, I stayed up late last night, so I needed to sleep. I was tired, right? Uh, or, you know, I'm, I can give you all kinds of answers. Right? Or I, got to, I have to be back at home by 11 to get to, to leave to go to the football game, which starts at 1. There's all kinds of things that we... We will come up with, I had a fellow tell me one time, he said, Mark, if you want to get to Atlanta, you'll find a way to get to Atlanta. Amen? We will, wherever our passion is, there's where we're going to be. 
I believe the Bible talks about that, does it not? Right? That's where it's going to be. And so if our passion is more heated toward other things, then that's what's going to happen. We're going to put our attention to those things. We're going to be passionate about those things and less passionate about Jesus. There's a well-known minister who fell from grace. He was in prison. And another well-known minister went to visit him. I'll leave their names out. Well, I'll tell you. Okay? So Jim Baker was in prison. Most of us know Jim Baker. John Bevere went to visit him. He's good friends. John Bevere sat before Jim Baker in prison. And he said, Jim, I need to ask you a question. When did you stop loving Jesus? When did you stop loving Jesus? This is a true story. I'm not making this up. It's documented. Jim Baker looked at John Bevere and he said, John, I never stopped loving Jesus. I just started loving other things more than I love Jesus. Amen? True statement. I really believe, I don't think people quit loving Jesus. I think they just start loving other things more than they love Jesus. Amen? Lukewarm. Lukewarm. Amen? We become conforming and compromising. And then our love toward Jesus becomes lukewarm. And our passionate love for the things of this world becomes greater. And where your heart is, the Bible says, there will your treasure be also. Is that right? Amen. That's where it's going to be. Where your treasure's at, where your heart's at, where your heart's at, where your treasure's at. All right? Whatever you're passionate about is where you're going to be. Amen? Jesus said to the church at Ephesus, you've left your first love. Amen? He says that over here in verse chapter 2. It's the very first church he speaks to, the church at Ephesus. He said, you do a lot of great things, but you've left your first love. Here's what I want you to know about the seven churches in the book of Revelation. Although he mentions specific things to each one of them, the reality is they left their first love. All of these churches became lukewarm. All of these churches become compromising. All of these churches began to be unstable. All of these churches began to love things of the world more than they did of Jesus. Amen? Y'all with me? And it caused them to become lukewarm. Here's something else I want you to understand. When you're reading about the seven churches in the book of Revelation, this was not specifically about just those churches. There's a reason he gave us seven churches. There were more churches that were in the New Testament time. But he gives you seven of these churches and tells you about the things happening in these churches because this is the number seven, which means completion, total completion, totality. So when he speaks to the church in the book of Revelation, he is speaking to the total church of the day. Amen? and the church it's always been, okay? That's what he's doing. He's giving you the totality of the church. These same things that you read about these seven churches are happening in churches today. It's the same spirit that's in churches today, amen? And we all got to work on them. But again, I think one of the most dangerous is this lukewarm church because it leads to all the other things that you read about the other churches. So I want to pray with you tonight. I don't know where you are with the Lord, but I have a tremendous fear as a pastor. I've told Pastor Keith this. Some of you I might have told this. I've said this ever since I've been pastoring a church in general. Ever since I have been preaching God's word. My greatest fear is that we become comfortable with God and our passion level for Jesus falls to the point that we become comfortable. 
Amen. That is my greatest concern. I can't tell you the times I spend talking to Pastor Keith. I can't tell you the times that I spend worrying about what can we do next. God, what can we do next? What do we need to do to continue the excitement level that's in your church? What do we need to do to keep the passion burning, the fire burning? What do we need to do? And inevitably, it comes, he keeps coming back to me saying, preach the word. Amen? Preach the word. Why? Because he said, if I'm lifted up, I'll draw men unto you. Amen? Just preach the word. Right? Preach the word. And so that's what we're trying to do, right? But I still have a concern. I have a concern. I have a concern with our education level in our church. That's why it's one of the goals for 2023. Do you know that we have 250 people to call this church home? And during small groups, we might have a collective 25 that attend small groups. So my question is, where are we getting our education? Amen? Now, we can do that on our own, but my concern is that. My concern is for prayer times. My concern is for education times. My concern is not just Sunday morning and Wednesday nights. Amen? My concern is our lukewarmness. Amen? My lukewarmness, all of ours, right? The church worldwide. It's a tremendous warning that God has given to the church, right? That we need to remember, remember. He tells the church at Ephesus, remember from where you've fallen. Amen? Why did he say remember where you have fallen? Because at one time, the church was on fire for God, but they have now fallen from grace. He said, now go back and do your first works. Amen? Go back and do your first works. What was the first works? Passionately pursuing Jesus. Amen? The lover of our souls. Amen? I'm going to get real sappy on you. Passionately pursuing the lover of our souls. Amen? Remember how passionate you, you sought your girlfriend or your boyfriend? Remember how passionately you sought your wife or your husband? You remember, I've told you all about that, right? Your heart beats, your hands get sweaty, right? Your bowels begin to move. <laughs> you can't, you know, you, you've been with them all night, you drop them off, you call them back five minutes after you left them. I just miss you. Isn't that right? Y'all ever done that? Huh? Y'all ever done that? I have. This is back when we had a rotary phone on the wall and had a cord to stretch from me to Brother Ralph. And we only had one phone in the house. I'd take that thing off the wall and I would stretch that thing all in my bedroom and shut the door. Y'all ever done that? And just left this girl five minutes ago and would be on the phone for an hour and a half after. And my dad would have to say, son, you got to get off that phone. We're going to bed. My thought was gone. I ain't bothering you. Right? But he wanted me to go to sleep. We got to get back to that passion with Jesus. Amen. Do you remember when you first got saved? Raise your hand if you remember when you first got saved. If you're here and you're saved. And if you ain't saved, you need to be saved, right? You need to get to, you'll know what we're talking about. But if you remember that time, man, wasn't that awesome? That same fire needs to be what drives us today. Amen. Same fire. We can get there, but we have to have transformed faith, not conformed faith. Is that right? Transformed faith. Walk in your transformation. Amen. Walk in Jesus, not walk in the world. He said you can't do both. You got to be passionate for him or passionate for the world. You can't do both. Jesus said, if we do that, then we are hypocritical. Is that what he said? Strong words from Jesus. Hypocritical. Called them hypocrite. He called them vipers. Right? Vipers. Let us pray.
If you're here tonight, and maybe you would say,